Hello, beautiful. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and the recording you're about to listen to is part of the Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. Our intention in offering this class is to give you clear tools and practices that you can use to align with love every day in every area of your life. No one can do your healing for you. You must decide to choose love in every moment to the very best of your ability. Remember, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Intend to live a miraculous life of love and share the benefits of your healing and your expansion with everyone because you're one with them. Please pause the recording before the class starts and write down your intention in listening to the class. Partner up with your own higher Holy Spirit self. And please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the class. Here we go. Mm, so good. Put our hands and our heart together. And take this super yummy breath of love and gratitude. So grateful to tune in right now to the highest possibility for our life, for our relationship. So grateful to open our hearts and minds to the higher Holy Spirit self and to invoke the Holy Spirit into our awareness. The partnering up. Invoking divine grace into our awareness. Making a holy offering of any regrets, resentments, hurt, fear, doubt, worry, blame, shame. Anything that we've been holding on to right now, we're making a holy offering of it. And we're setting the intention, the holy aspiration to liberate from all sense of separation and remembering that we are one with everyone, and most especially our loved ones and all of our relationships. In fact, we are grateful and thankful to remember right now that everyone is our relation, everyone (laughs) all beings are related to us in the infinite and we are grateful that we are never alone we are always united and now we are willing to live that way to live in the awareness of that unity of that unification the wholeness and the perfection so we share the benefits of our healing we share the benefits of our expansion with everyone because we're one with them and we rejoice to let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Mm, so good. So we are in week eight here of Living a Course in Miracles and it's been an amazing ride. I, I would like to say also, first and foremost, thank you so much to everyone who has written to me. I haven't responded to everyone yet, but I, I read every single one of those emails, and I, I love you and thank you for all of your comments. And I, I feel the comments that aren't written 
and I love and appreciate you as well. And uh, uh, great gratitude to everyone who sent a tithe to help support all the expenses. I really appreciate that. And it really makes it possible, the sales and the tithes make it possible for me to offer this for free. And there are so many people who that's the only way they can listen to it. So isn't it wonderful that we can all live together to bring benefit to thousands and thousands of people all over the world who participate in these classes. Isn't that wonderful? It's so beautiful. It's really extraordinary. I love that we can transcend time and space together and have a healing. So in this moment, I'm also going to invite you to make an appointment to listen to the replays with a loved one and share the the healing and have reconciliations and set intentions to forgive and to open your hearts in any place where it might be closed. It's so wonderful to be the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of the Christ presence and to allow ourselves to set ourselves free and liberate from that sense of separation. So you've got 48 hours to listen to this again, and I invite you to make an appointment with yourself. People always send me all these emails and let me know that listening and re-listening is really profound, and people who have the transcripts, I really, I get so much positive feedback that reading and listening is deeply healing and nourishing. Plus, you can make notes in the transcripts when you have it as well. Oh, so I feel moved to begin with something that's uh, near and dear to my heart, and it is the first of the Ten Commandments, which is basically says something like this. The Lord God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. So that's that's the first commandment. That's the most important thing, to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. For when we love our neighbors, we are loving God. And so that's why you'll notice in every single one of, the prayers that I do for those of you who are my daily prayer partners, which you can uh, become my daily prayer partner at jenniferhadley.com, right there on the prayer page or the blog page, you can sign up for that. But those of you who are participating in those prayers with me, you notice that I always do, as, as I did just a minute ago at the beginning of the class, say we share the benefits with all beings. Share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. so important to always keep that right in the front of our awareness. And uh, I know when I was in ministerial school, the golden rule is the part, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself and do unto others as you would have done unto them. Same thing. And uh, that, that is universal in basically all of the world's religions. It is a powerful thing 
for us to remember. And yet we forget. <laughs> we forget. We forget to love our neighbors, neighbors as ourselves. We forget to do unto others as we would have done unto us. Right? Instead, we move into opinions and judgments and resentments. And we take offense. And through those practices, which are not spiritual practices, they're ego practices, we create a heck of a lot of distress in our experience. Yep. Because as it says, in the course, all thought produces form at some level. That is the uh, in the fear and conflict section, which I always recommend everybody read and read and read until it's imprinted in your heart fully and completely and you understand every nuance of it. In Chapter 2, right at the end, it says, don't forget, all thought produces form at some level. And there's no exception to that. So what is form? The form is how we feel about ourselves and life. Form is our experience. All of these things are form. And so all thought produces form at some level. Now, think about this in terms of your relationships, okay? Because this is our topic, forgiveness and relationships, tonight and tomorrow morning. It's a doubleheader. You get me for both. And in our relationships, right, this, this is our greatest opportunity for healing. It is the greatest challenge for many of us, the greatest challenges in our relationship. And when you wish so much for things to be different or better in your relationships, you really are hoping and wishing and thinking that things should be better or different. And yet, you yourself, feel unwilling to stop energizing negativity, then you're making for yourself a bed of suffering and stagnation, right? And this you already know. You already know that. You know that when you're energizing that you think it should be different or better and you're wishing and hoping and you're complaining, you know that you're contributing to the stagnation, you're contributing to the suffering because your mind is holding the view of negativity and that's what you're energizing. So as powerful spiritual beings awake, awakening, our charge is to remember to instead place our energy into the ideal into how we would like things to be. Because if you look around your life right now and you see where you are and what's transpiring, what you like and what you don't like, it's all a product of what you have been thinking. So if you'd like to see things be different, the only way to do it is to change your mind. That's the only way. There is, there's not another option. And you already know that. You already know that. But it's the willingness to let go of the judgments and opinions that block your experience of unfolding love. They block your experience of what you really would like. And I know for me, I really, I, I was constantly clinging to my judgments and opinions. I thought they were so, so valuable to me. And I knew they were creating a deep 
and unremitting sense of distress in my life, in my heart, in my mind, but I really treasured them. Oh, my goodness. And so I was constantly churning and burning with uh, distress constantly. Oh, my goodness. So what I'm sharing with you is really what I have done and what I have learned. And uh, what I can tell you, uh, and I've talked about this so much, I'm only going to talk about it briefly here so that I'm not too repetitive over the um, all the different Living a Course in Miracles classes. But for those of you who have been listening, you know I've, I've had a lot of family stuff and relationship stuff that I've worked out. It's not been easy for me, not by a long shot. And... I have really struggled for decades. I struggled to do exactly what I uh, am recommending now, and it's because I learned to do it that I'm recommending now. So it is forgiveness. And what I say all the time, you hear me say it all the time, forgiveness at its core is non-judgment. When you don't judge anything, then you don't have anything to forgive. Isn't that wonderful? And so we can, we've can we trained our minds to judge, right? To judge, to compare. We've trained our minds to have our opinions. Well, we can untrain them. We really can. And here's the thing. We can untrain with the help of the Holy Spirit. So as trained as our mind is to judge and to think thoughts of lack, limitation, suffering, and separation, we did all of that on our own. (laughs) But now, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can unwind all of that. And the key is our willingness. So I'm going to invite you right now to place your hand on your heart and take this breath of love and gratitude with me. And just open your mind and decide how willing are you right now? How willing are you to be free? How willing are you to do whatever it takes to liberate yourself from any amount of suffering? You know, it really is our spiritual responsibility to liberate and to be happy and to be a beneficial presence in the world. And we we can't really do that if we're choosing to energize negativity. So we've already established that we know that if we're wishing and hoping so much for things to be different and better, but we're not holding in our mind that it's happening now and that we have everything we need within us to bring it forth, then we're actually contributing to that experience of lack, limitation, separation, and suffering. So I'm inviting you to really cultivate that willingness. And let us take a breath of gratitude that we can open ourselves to be willing. I know in our Facebook group, people are 
asking for all kinds of assistance in this class. I'm going to do my best to deliver as much as I can. But it really does hinge on your willingness to think different thoughts and make different choices. So we're right now holding in our hearts and minds the perfect peace of God and saying yes, saying yes. Take that holy breath with me. Hmm. No matter what has gone before this moment, we're willing to see with God's eyes, with the vision of God. We're willing to see beyond time and space to our wholeness and our perfection. Breathing deeply. Truly making an offering of that which no longer serves. So let us begin with forgiving ourselves. Let us begin with forgiving ourselves. And in order to do that, let's get some motivation going because I I say all the time that we don't do anything without proper motivation. I know I don't. I don't get out of bed. I don't leave my home. Nothing do I do without proper motivation. So let us energize ourselves with motivation. So as you've got your hand on your heart here and really tuning inwards, imagine what it would be like in your life if you felt free all the time and you felt peaceful all the time. I'm inviting you to just take stock and ask yourself how much of your precious life, time, and energy do you invest in holding on to resentments? How much do you invest of your precious life energy? How much do you invest in complaining and criticizing? How much do you invest in regret and worry and doubt and fear and blame and shame? Now, in my Finding Freedom class, I do an exercise, and I do it sometimes in workshops, and we tune in and we get a sense of really what percentage of your precious life energy do you invest in all of this negativity, and the average in the room is usually 70%. 70%. Average. Some people, it's 90% or most of their energy. Some people, it's less than 50, but the average is around 70%. So this See if you can just ask the Holy Spirit to help you come up with a percentage. How much of your precious life energy do you invest in negativity?
Because I can honestly say I've gotten my number down, I think, to maybe 5%. And that's remarkable for me. I never imagined that that could ever, ever, ever be possible for me. It is totally miraculous for me that I could even say that. But that's the number that comes into my mind right now as I'm with you. Now, one thing I can tell you is a number of years ago, I, uh, my teacher, uh, who's my Cherokee teacher, and she's also a Buddhist, uh, Venerable Tahani Iwahu is her name, and um, you can uh, find out more about her at sunray.org, sunray.org. But um, years ago, she said to me that I needed to teach these classes and share with people the roadmap because I had had such profound healing in my heart, in my mind, and with my family. And so I offered a three-month class called Family Freedom, and I shared what I learned about healing my own personal challenges with my family. And it was wonderful. And then I realized three months was too big a commitment for many people, and so I scaled it back to six weeks, and then I I upped it to seven weeks. And now that class is seven weeks, and it's called Finding Freedom. And in that class, I share the practices that I learned to set myself free and the exact tools, and it's about developing a, a deep spiritual practice of non-judgment and really making a commitment and holding to it. And I call it my spiritual boot camp class. And what I can tell you is you can liberate. You can liberate from all that negativity. You really can. I'm amazed at what I've been able to do. And so the motivation is, what would your life be like if instead of investing whatever percentage number that you came up with in negativity and the need to be right and then regret because you weren't loving and you've got this commitment all these years or however long you've been studying spiritual practices, Course in Miracles, New Thought, whatever it is, and you just don't walk your talk at some level, you're not consistent at some level, and there's a deep sense of regret and shame and and upset and confusion that happens with people when they don't walk the talk and live the love. I know. I was there. I was in the thick of it because I was a spiritual practitioner, you know, and I, I didn't walk my talk not 100% of the time, and I thought that that was was okay. I gave myself permission not to be consistent, and I thought that was okay because Venerable Dahani Wahoo is the only person I know of who's listened back then, and I didn't even really know her then, so I didn't know anybody who was really consistent. I didn't know one. I never met them. I never saw them. I, I might have read a book about the Dalai Lama or somebody exalted, but nobody I knew, not one spiritual practitioner, minister, healer I knew made a commitment to walk their talk. I just didn't know one. So I didn't I didn't even know that that was a possibility or a goal. 
So now I know. And I made that commitment to myself. And I work at it every day to be more loving, more compassionate, more pristine, more pure in my intentions. And where I used to think that it was onerous and hard, now I'm grateful to know that it is easier with every passing moment and it is my joy. So there's your motivation. Are you willing to be free and happy and stop complaining? Would you like that? Because you can have that. And I am here to go with you and hold your hand. And that's why I have my daily prayer and everything else that I offer. You've got to start with forgiving yourself. So there's the forgiveness letter. It's right there on the website. I invite you to download that forgiveness letter, print it out, and make an appointment with yourself to write that forgiveness letter to yourself. Um, you know, I have a year-long class. It's called Masterful Living. And we're in the middle of the year. It's the middle of 2012, right? We, we've passed the halfway mark. We're on the downside of 2012 here. And uh, that forgiveness letter, I, I, I talk about it from the beginning of the year all the way through. Some people uh, are in Masterful Living, for instance, are saying, you know, that they've got a particular challenge, and I ask, have you done a forgiveness letter to yourself about this? No, I haven't, they said. And I understand that because I, I, I prayed for years to release the resistance and the reluctance to doing what needed to be done in order for me to be free. I would take so many classes and so many workshops and, and seminars and read so many books, but I didn't do the work. I didn't, and taking classes is not the same as doing the work. That's why I've got that Finding Freedom Boot Camp class. So we did work together, and it's fun. It's exciting. So forgive yourself. Get that forgiveness letter. You think that'll help you. You don't need it, but it's a really good tool, and it works. And I've got, I don't know how many testimonials of profound shifts in healing because of it. So forgive yourself. Make an appointment this weekend. Don't delay. Why delay your happiness? Why delay your freedom? Why? It's, if you're going to delay your happiness and your freedom, make sure you know why. And make yourself a little sign. Put it up there where you can see it every day. I'm delaying my peace and happiness because. Be clear. Make, make, get commitment, you know, <laughs> so that you can, enter, you, know, you can really entertain it every day and... Um, Forgive yourself for entertaining the mind chatter and allowing it to take root in your heart. Hear that. Forgive yourself for entertaining the mind chatter. You know what I'm talking about, right? That negativity mind, complaining, criticizing, blaming, comparing mind. Forgive yourself for giving that, that squirrel permission to nest in your brain squirrel because I'm here in Vermont camping in the woods and squirrels and I are having fun. They like to get into my stuff. (laughs) So um, forgive yourself for letting that negativity into your mind and building a home for it, a nest, and giving it a place to to take root into your heart. You know, going right down from your mind into your heart to the mind that is in the heart. 
right? And what's between the, the mind and the heart, or the crown chakra, third eye chakra, and the heart chakra, the soul chakra, right? So that's your word and how you speak in the world. If you're not congruent in your heart and mind, then your word has no power. And that's, that's why you're spinning around in circles. So forgive yourself for entertaining the negativity and allowing it to take root and to, for feeding it, right? For feeding the negativity that you know is eating up your life. It's also eating up and diminishing your capacity to show up in your relationships as a loving being and have loving relationships. It's also eating up, hear this, it's eating up the power that you have to heal your body, your physical body, your emotional body, and your mental body. So I'm talking about depression, all kinds of stuff. Forgive yourself because you know on some level that all thought produces form and the form that it might be producing in your life is difficult relationships, depression, physical illness. You can have a healing. I am here dedicating myself to support you because I have had a healing. I believe you can have a healing too because it is not rocket science. But it does require your commitment and your devotion, your willingness. And all of that hinges on your motivation. What's your motivation in in your life? So it's time to own the projections, right, that all of this negativity and what other people are doing, projections, and recognize that, The circumstances of your life are arising from the thoughts that you're thinking. So making amends and that internal forgiveness is, there's a forgiveness that you do and a making amends that you do that's internal just with yourself, and then there's also with others. Together, it creates a clear field in your life where you can plant seeds and, and grow them seeds of uh, thoughts that are producing form of of abundance and prosperity and healing and joyful relationships, passionate, powerful, beautiful relationships. Now, one of the things for me is I recognize that my relationships are sacred space. So I don't know about you, but perhaps in your spiritual community or in your home, uh, I know for me there are many places that I think of as sacred space. And definitely where I live, it's sacred space. And I treat it like sacred space. My relationships are sacred space. And so I am paying attention to not defile them with negativity and judgment and harsh, unkind words. If I can't say something nice, I I don't want to say anything at all. Now... In our relationships, one thing we know is that like attracts like, doesn't it? And also, I believe that uh, what it says in The Course in Miracles is true. The script is already written. And so that includes all the characters. But what it doesn't say in in the script is 
Um, what will you choose in every moment? Will you choose love or separation? Will you choose unity or separation? That you choose in the moment and you experience what you choose. So we have these commitments that we've already made to meet and explore our hearts together. And in fact, we're reviewing it, right? We're reviewing it in our minds. In every moment, we're born again, and we can choose again, choose again, choose again. This is one of the greatest gifts that we have. We're not locked into anything. We can always choose again. And that's what being born again is, really. So why cling to the point of view that you've been holding on to and cherishing that you already know is creating difficulty for you. Why do that? Would you do that with someone you love? So maybe it's time to love yourself and start with forgiving yourself. Now, I'm going to take a sip of my rainforest tea here. Yum. So let's think about the cost of unforgiveness. Uh, I've had this experience so many times, I kind of tell an amalgam of stories about it, and I think it's really helpful uh, to understand it this way. So I had someone come to me, and they said, you know, I was doing really well. Things were going great for me. I was feeling so wonderful. And then I started to spiral down into this feeling of depression and powerlessness. And I can't seem to get it together. And it just seemed to happen so quickly. I don't know what's going on, Jennifer. Can you help me? So as we were talking, I tuned in and I I could feel a bit what was going on. So I asked her, uh, because I knew that she had been through an experience where she had had a really um, challenging breakup with a boyfriend and um, there had been a lot of blame and upset and hurt, as there sometimes is in our relationships uh, when they're special and not holy yet. And um, so there was a lot of negativity. And I, I asked this uh, person, did you recently tell all the stuff about your relationship breakup and go through it all with someone. Because I just, that was my intuition telling me that. And she said, oh, you know, I did. I had a friend from out of town, and I hadn't seen him in a long time. So we went out to dinner, and I told him the whole story. And I could tell that whole story was blaming him for all her stuff, right, and dredging it all up. And I said, okay, good, well, Um, When you were launching into your story, did you get a warning, some kind of intuitive warning, a a still small voice, something that said, don't go into that again. You don't need to tell that story anymore. She thought about it and she said, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I heard that voice. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And I said, uh, did you maybe decide to uh, keep going? And she said, yeah, yeah, I did. And I said, 
And after a little while, you keep going. Did you get another little voice that said, really, don't, don't, don't tell the story. You don't need to tell the story. Stop it. Just, just stop. You know, and still small voice that speaks that way, just kind of gently like, you don't need to do that, or you need to do that, or it's really like an angelic friend is like, uh, back away from the, <laughs> back away from the, put the weapon down and back away from it, right? So did you did you hear that second warning? And she said, yeah, you know, I did. And I said, did you decide to maybe order a bottle of wine at that point and block out the still small voice so that you could just proceed and enjoy the pleasure of telling your tale of woe and blaming him for all your problems? And she said, yeah, how did you know all that? Because I've done it myself. So uh, I said right there, that is the cause of your depression because you are, with that kind of behavior, you're energizing that you prefer separation. You're thinking, I'm not one with him, so I can rag all over him. I can trash him up, up one, blame him and not take any responsibility and not forgive and drag it all up and make polish it up, make it special and shiny. There's no holy relationship here. So therein lies the cause of suffering. So the good thing is, look how quickly it affected your energy and made you so depressed. You were doing so well, and you had the warnings, but you really wanted to go into that. Now, I've had people come to me for counseling and pointing out to them that they're blaming other people for their problems. It's creating tremendous suffering in their life, and asking them if they would like to release those judgments so that they can forgive. And they've looked me right in the eye and said, yeah, no, I, I, I really am not ready to get rid of those judgments. And I'll say, and you do know that it's caused illness and suffering and depression and financial despair, all these things. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not ready to let them go yet. I'd rather struggle along with all these problems in my life. And I've been there. So I have compassion for it. So there's a big, giant cost to our holding on to our judgment. And that is the cost of unforgiveness. Now, the other cost is you really can't share your gifts and talents with the world in a way that's really fulfilling if you're withholding love through choosing to believe that your opinions and judgments are correct because your opinions and judgments are not correct. They are, in fact, things that you've made up, and they're not true. Love is true. Wholeness is true. Patience is true. Now, Ask yourself, is it possible to simultaneously entertain judgments and opinions and negativity and draw to you that which is good and nourishing and healing and supportive? Is it possible to do both of those at the same time? Can you engage in both of those activities at the same time? I can't. I don't know anyone who can. 
you can find freedom from all that behavior. You really can. You gotta partner up with the Holy Spirit and be consistent. And it's not easy. It is not easy. It is very challenging. At least it is for most of us. However, when we make the commitment, we've got clear motivation, we can do it. And it really helps to do it together. That's why I offer these classes. Now, are you wanting something from your relationship? Are you wanting to get something? Are you craving something from your relationship? Something that you need that you're not getting? That craving and wanting and needing is energizing lack and limitation over and over and over again. All suffering is an attachment. It's craving. It's when we hate things, we have aversions, or when we're craving, grasping. That's the cause of suffering. So we have to uh, open our hearts and our minds to release that craving and that grasping. And it's very challenging to do it all by ourselves. So that's why we partner up with the Holy Spirit. Now, again, it requires motivation. If we can understand that the grasping and the craving and the clinging and the wanting and the needing is energizing, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, I need, I've got to get, I've got to get, I've got to get. Remember a couple of weeks ago, David Hofmeister did such a beautiful class for us, and he said that the ego, that whole thought system of the ego is about getting. So when we're craving and wanting and needing and trying to get, we're totally aligned with the ego. It really is profoundly healing to realize that everything that we need is within us, but we can't see it until we're willing. We can't see it until we're willing. So always be willing to let your view, your point of view, dissolve. Now, how do you do this? You've got a point of view. You know, it, it, the point of view could be if, if he just or she just or they just would do something different, then I could be happy. So your happiness is conditional. Your joy is conditional. Your peace is conditional. A lot of people, their love is conditional. Everything is conditional. But love is not conditional. Peace is not conditional. Joy is not conditional. They are spiritual qualities that are always available for us to tap into and express. It's kind of like we're the light bulb. And those spiritual qualities are electricity. All we have to do is decide to tap into them and express them. And we light right up. And we don't even have to know how. We don't have to take a class. Because it's really about remembering our naturalness, our natural state, our true identity. But if we really like this separate identity that we've created, false identity that we've created we're trying to bolster up with you know our opinions and getting other people's good opinions and we're involved in all those opinions and judgments all day long it's exhausting 
Well, then we're not going to have clarity and we're not going to be plugging into joy and peace and harmony. So develop an interest in seeing clearly and knowing clearly and feeling clearly. That which is true. Remember, the truth liberates us. It sets us free. I, as I was preparing for the class, I had this wonderful memory of, I was in uh, Maui. Maui? Yeah. It was Maui. And uh, we went swimming in this place. And uh, I, I'm not that experienced swimming in uh, a real surf. I have really no experience in it. And uh, but I got some that day. <laughs> so I, I went out and I got I got caught in the surf, and it was kind of like being caught in a washing machine, and it was just turning me around and turning me around under the water, and. I at first I started to panic and I but then I, I shut that down immediately and I tuned into the divinity and the the peace seriously in that churning and I I asked for divine assistance. I called upon my angels <laughs> and I said, Help me now, I don't know what I'm doing here and I, 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 I got, I, 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 I got some guidance. I don't really remember what it was, but I managed to get up and out of the surf, or down and through it, something. And, but I, I really felt like I could have drowned, very quickly and very easily in that surf. It was very strong. And that's how it can feel in relationship, right? You get caught in that washing machine. Right? You get caught in that churning, churning. You know, he did this, she did that. He said he should both. You know, he said, she said, all that stuff. And it's just like being caught in that surf. It can drag you down and drown you. The negativity is like a whirlpool. It can drag you down and drown you. You can decide to partner up with the Holy Spirit and say, I am not interested in these thoughts of negativity anymore. I am interested in cultivating a pure view, a pristine view, clear awareness. I am interested in the atonement, which is being able to recognize that the separation never occurred, you're not separate, and then other people and other teachings call it and ascending in awareness. And so we're, we're caught in this, this, or seemingly we're caught in this view of separation in the illusion, but it is totally doable for us to awaken and see beyond time and space. When we can see beyond time and space, then we can see that everything has a holy purpose Everything has value and meaning. Uh, and I quote all the time from Lesson 135, Paragraph 18, what could you not accept if you but knew that every circumstance, every event, everything in your life was gently, lovingly planned by one who only had in mind your good. That is the script. 
that is available to you if you start choosing love. So the more you choose love, the more you open up that beautiful, beautiful script awakening within the dream. Moving beyond that washing machine. And you know what? It's it, it's kind of like this is how it felt for me. I'm going to take a sip of my tea here. <coughs> oh, that went down the wrong way. Mm. It was like going from the washing machine into the spin cycle. And I I intentionally went into the spin cycle. I said, I'm going to spin out all this stuff I don't need. All these beliefs and thoughts. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, I am not interested in that thought anymore. I am interested in the thoughts of love and peace and harmony. I'm interested in the thoughts, I think, with God. It's about replacing, right, replacing the negativity with what is true, because what is true, say it with me, liberates us and sets us free. So one of the activities that you can do as part of your spiritual practice begin to contemplate that perfection is your true nature. Fullness is your true nature. Abundance is your true nature. Instead of investing in thinking the thoughts over and over again, I don't have enough, I'm lacking in this, I'm lacking in that, I'm craving this, I'm craving that, use the power of your mind to heal. And you can do this. It's not easy. No, I know that. But you have the ability to do it. Start where you are. It's about motivation and willingness. And call upon all your support systems. All your support systems. And for me, they're in the invisible as well as the visible. More in the invisible than in the visible. Stick a breath here. I could feel that for some people they're realizing that really they can do this. It's about deciding and choosing. One thing that really motivated me in making these choices was I saw that it does bring benefit to others because all minds are joined together. And I knew that if I didn't, I was contributing to other people's suffering. And I don't want to do that. I did enough of that with all my complaints and my name calling and all the different things that I used to engage in. Tremendous negativity. Tremendous. I mean, I have really cleaned up my act. Now, unforgiveness, catch this. Unforgiveness is often anger that's from the point of view that someone treated you badly, right? Someone treated you badly, and you're still angry about it. I'm going to invite you to think of a memory like that, where you're still angry because somebody treated you badly. And see if 
the fact that somebody treated you badly, you made the meaning of it, that there's something wrong with you and you're unworthy of love, that you're unworthy of good treatment. Did someone treat you badly and you made that meaning of it? Forgive yourself first for making that meaning and holding that meaning in your mind. You are worthy of love. You're worthy of good treatment. Do not make up these stories and tell them to yourself and then blame somebody else. Forgive yourself for making up stories. You know, these negative patterns that we have in our mind, we feel negativity, we think negativity about ourselves, we believe that we're not good enough, and then people show up and treat us badly, and we want to blame them for our anger and our upset. But the truth of the matter is, is they're actually giving us the opportunity to heal the belief that we're not good enough and strengthen our mind to realize we don't want to make negative meaning out of our experiences anymore. I used to do that all the time. I used to take offense at everything. I loved to make negative negative meaning out of everything. That was one of the ways that I created. You know what I did? I just wasted God knows how many years. I'm not kidding you in that behavior. That's why I teach the Finding Freedom class because, whew, I'm so glad I figured a way out of that. Watch yourself and really pay attention if you make negative meaning out of things. You can stop that if you'd like to. Partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. So that old hurt, right, that you're attributing to that person, which has never been healed, when it gets triggered, you feel angry again, right? And you know what that anger is related to as well? It's a fear that you'll never get over it, a fear that you will continue to make negative meaning out of things. It is a fear that you will never recover from this hurt because the choices that you're making are not helping you recover. And there's fear about that. And the anger is the energy that calls it to your attention so that you will make a different choice. So if you feel angry a lot, look for the unhealed hurt underneath. And that forgiveness letter that I mentioned before that's right there for downloading on the website at livingofcourseofmiracles.com. And I usually post it on my blog at jenniferhadley.com every now and then, so you can always look for it there too. That hurt, that old hurt can be healed. You can have a spiritual miraculous healing. And it does require you to give up, stop making that negative meaning. One of the ways to have a healing around something like this 
is really to open your mind to really see what's true. And is, is are you really so angry about what this other person did, or is it really the choices that you're making? Because if you can stop blaming them for your anger, that'll go a long way towards your healing. It'd be such a relief. Now, here's another way to have some healing. If you're if you recognize that you had this hurt, you made the meaning of it, that you're unworthy of good treatment and love, and you're still angry about it, I invite you to contemplate, is anyone unworthy of love? Is anyone unworthy of love? Could that ever be true? Or... Is it just a point of view? And will you let a point of view influence you and be the cause of your suffering? Point of view, a perception. Are you going to let that be the cause of your suffering? If you think you suffer because people have done you wrong, then now's the time to rejoice because you can change your mind about it. Yes, people have mistreated you. People have mistreated me. Of course. That happens all the time. But you know what? I had mistreated other people too. And maybe you have too. Forgive yourself for mistreating others. And then you will find it easier to forgive those who have mistreated you. Remember, the key to forgiveness is non-judgment. Well, I can feel people moving through things here. Anything you're blaming on someone else, the way to heal it, to transcend it and to transmute it is to take responsibility for your part. Anything you're blaming on somebody else, right? Because that's that's a lot of what the unforgiveness in relationships is blame. I invite you right now to just quickly, hopefully you have your notebook with you, Write down just some things that you, off the top of your head, what are you blaming others for? What are you blaming others for? The forgiveness letter will help with that healing. And the number one key to that healing so that you're not going over it and over it and over it in your mind like you're caught in the waves, not in Maui, but in some hellacious, uncomfortable place, <laughs> cold waters. The way to get through it is taking responsibility. And by the way, I have a workshop that's totally free on my website called Get Over It. It's right there on the home page. Give me your email and I'll send you the link to uh, get it. Take responsibility for your own choices. So often when I, oh, so often when people uh, come to me for forgiveness help, they have not forgiven themselves for putting themselves in harm's way. So when a relationship is really rocky and it's difficult, 
it doesn't matter what kind of relationship it is, we don't forgive ourselves, we're mad at ourselves, we're putting ourselves in that predicament. Very often we sacrifice our self-esteem and we do things that are not healthy and not of high self-esteem, and then we blame others. So many people will invest money, time, energy, all kinds of things, you know, sex, all kinds of things, and then they don't feel loved and cherished and honored, and they're mad at the other person for not treating them well. But the truth of the matter is, for most of us, we're really mad at ourselves because our intuition told us that person didn't understand us or treat us well. You know, it's that whole thing of you, you can't get milk at the hardware store. It's not the hardware store I go to. So, But then we get mad we can't get milk at the hardware store. But we knew that before we went to the hardware store. Or we knew that as soon as we walked in the door, but then we stayed there for 10 years, Right. Don't blame the other person. Take responsibility. Responsibility, your ability to respond, is the key to your happiness. Be willing to find the learning in your experience, the benefit. So there is some learning, and until you're willing to forgive and not judge anymore, you can't harvest that learning that's encoded into your experience. And so you're doomed to keep repeating it. It's doomed to keep repeating it. You know, this is why people can heal cancer, but then it comes back and comes back and comes back. It's not that they're doing something wrong. It's that there's another layer of healing, and there's another layer of healing. In fact, I think they're doing something right. God has given us the ability to take up our bed and walk. God has given you the ability to take up your bed and walk. I, I remember when I was in ministerial school and I, I was contemplating that story and I got such a clear message that that was really about forgiveness, that take up your bed and walk. Self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness. We have the ability to take up our bed and walk and to not complain anymore. God has given you the ability to see and hear and know and feel the truth that liberates you. And if you're totally focused on your opinions and your judgments and the meaning that you make of things, your interpretation, then you you won't have this clarity that sets you free. The clarity, oh, I wish I could do a commercial for clarity. It's, oh. It's just so delicious and yummy to have clarity in the mind and not be on that hamster wheel going over and over the negativity. So for me, the thing that I realized was my suffering was predicated on my false belief and the false meaning that I was making of things. And I was just dumbfounded that I could find freedom from all that muck and mire through relinquishing the hold that I had on those judgments and opinions. Now, one thing I I really want to share about this whole forgiveness work, 
because I can feel some people are thinking, you know, I've tried. I'm trying to forgive. I'm trying. And I think of Yoda, right? What did Yoda say to Luke Skywalker? Don't try you. Trying is delaying, okay? It really is trying is delaying. You're not doing it if you're trying. There's really a difference. And uh, I know I used to, when people would invite me to something and I I uh, wasn't sure if I'd go, I'd say, well, you know, I'll try. And, and that was just my way really of saying, no, I'm not going to be there. I'll try, you know, like, oh, it's not a priority. I'm not going to be there. Because if I was really going to be there, I'd say, okay, yeah, I'll be there. But if I wasn't going to be there, but I might be there, I'd say I'd try. You see what I'm saying? Don't try, do. So here are two things you can do right away that will help you. Forgiveness letter to yourself, and then focus entirely on releasing all judgments, all opinions. So it's really about giving up the pleasure in treasuring your own opinion and judgment. Check this out. I realize that those judgments and opinions are worshiping a false idol. It's worshiping a false idol, right? I, I, I wish somebody had told me that a long time ago. Oh, my goodness. Your opinions and judgments are false idols. Remember how I started off with the the first commandment, have no other gods before you, and uh, that's it, right? Lord God is one, and you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. No other gods, no false idols. That's the key to freedom. One life, one love, one God. Put love first. Love is the king of the kingdom. Seek the kingdom first. So we're replacing the habit of blame, shame, negativity. Oh, I just realized I'm over time. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm having so much fun. It's good. I had a week off to rest my voice. and Well, I've got a lot more to share. And I guess we'll pick up from here in the morning. So... It's a good place to end, right? Right now, put a pause on it. Put love first. Love is the king in the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom, which is within. So I'm going to invite you now. Don't hang up yet. Here's the prayer. Never leave when they begin the prayer. Always hang in there for the prayer because that's the healing. So it's... Put our hand back on our heart again and open our mind. Be so grateful and thankful that we are partnered up with the higher Holy Spirit. So let's be so grateful and so thankful that we can put love first. Yes, we can set ourselves free and we can forgive. We can reclaim our relationship and be the love of our life. This is what is happening right now. This is what I'm calling forth for each and every one of us. Yes, we are setting ourselves free. In grace and gratitude, we joyfully share the benefits with all beings so grateful to contribute to the liberation of all. 
And gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. This is Jennifer Hadley again. I invite you to remember that your dedication to your life of love is the best gift that you can share with the world. Love is the only healer, and it's always available to you for the asking. Remember, too, that you cannot have that which you're unwilling to share. Share the love today. Love out loud and know that all boats rise on this holy tide of love. Thank you for joining us. Please go to JenniferHadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day.